the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. at G-Migs in West Des Moines. Those are the, uh, I'm the, working the, the microphone. The patrons that just turned around. What's that? That's where the guys over in the court. Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 each week from 5 to 6 o'clock on Tuesday nights and appreciate it. You're all from where? You're all big. You're all for the Big Twelve. Well, enjoy the show. Oh, uh, listen, yeah, we're getting some growth. Enjoy well, the show for the next we hour. Can pick on Iowa for State the next hour, you can sit here and enjoy us yeah. bash Nebraska and Iowa State. It's and, no big deal. <laughs> and and the weakness of the Big Twelve in football, if we went to anyway. No, we're not going to do that. But uh, we do appreciate everybody checking in today. Lots to talk about, of course, in the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes. I just said this to you. I'm in a bit of a cynical mood, customer service cynical mood, and I wonder how this is going to manifest itself during today's program. It should be noted that the customer service you're referring to is not here at GMX because it is steak it's, night. Get get on down. Yes. George is cooking out back. Yes. He wants, this is, he this wants is to know service. who to play. Take Duke tonight, George. They're not going to lose three in a row. Certainly Duke is Duke. Duke is Duke. Maybe yeah. even the Cyclones tonight. Who do they have tonight? Okie State. At home? Yeah. Minus six. It's not bad. Boy, they've been up and down, haven't they? No, they're they're horrible. They're the worst offense. Well, we sat here. Bruce said this to us. They were playing Northern Illinois. When was that? Early December? At least. He said they might be the worst team in the Big 12. And we said, really? Well, I I can tell you that. That might not be true, but they're not good. They have one of probably the top. Five players in the Big 12, but their offensive efficiency is horrible. Yes, it's it's not good. But on the other side of the coin, the University of Iowa Hawkeyes have Our a very good efficiency. Very is number good two in the country. Yes, very good offensive efficiency, and it's played out very well for them as uh, they've had a, a good couple of weeks coming back off of that uh, loss two weeks ago tonight to Nebraska. Yeah. Ugh. However. Uh, you got a GBR in the house. Yeah, Good to hear him. You got a, uh, a win, obviously, this last week, not only on the road at Northwestern, which is still no easy task completely. Well, and considering course, the Big Ten is, what, 38 and 6 or yes, something for uh, home teams? Uh, right. And then you get Michigan Nebraska on Friday and, night. And Northwestern are the only two teams that have lost more than once at home. And that sounds about right. I would at least got one of those two. If you look at Iowa's schedule the rest of the way, Chad Listikow had a, a really good um, really good article last week. I think it was Wednesday or, or, or Thursday where he was talking about what's left on the Iowa schedule. It's all with the exception of the one Nebraska game at home. Nebraska's the worst team left on the schedule by far. It's not even close. And I'm saying this to make sure that my friend over here hears this. They're the only quadrant three or below team left on the schedule. That's how bad they are. They're by far the worst team in the Big Ten. And Iowa gets them at home, so that's the only possible bad loss left on the schedule. Every other game is a quad one or two for Iowa, including the game coming up uh, tomorrow night at home. Number twenty-four Rutgers, who's actually I think nineteen in the in the uh, in the net as well. Iowa currently, by the way, right, I want to get my numbers right. I got to look. I got notes. I got for, notes for uh, the first time ever. Ridge is actually looking like me trying to read something. I'm, I'm st- <laughs> that's how old I'm getting. Of course, uh, number 19 in the AP and number uh, 19 in the coaches' poll, but a number 26 net for Iowa. And uh, did I get this right? 
Number 15, Ken Palm. Number 15, Ken Palm. So Iowa with the 75-62 win on the road in Evanston and then, of course, came back on Friday night, 90-83. Uh, in now, a game that I missed every single minute of. Because, because of your customer service. Actually, it was pretty good. It got you home. It did. But you were flying, right? Well, uh, American know, Airlines took care of you, but it took a little while. Three, three flights later. There was a little bit of a weather event, right? There, there, there was a blizzard. And uh, three flights later, though, this wonderfully nice lady, Sonia, I think, down in, uh, she looked like Mrs. Poole. <laughs> and she goes, how can I help you? And I went, here's my driver's license so you can find, find, find me. me. And got you. And I said, all I want to do is get to Des Moines. And you know how many people use that statement every day? All I want to do is get here. All and I they, a lot of times they can't help you with that. Right? Well, you know, some poor dude wanted to get to Kansas City. And I almost said, well, why don't you fly to Des Moines? <laughs> hey, we'll get drive. You, you can drive. You can drive. But uh, nevertheless, I did get home. And uh, when I got home, it was 1030. And so, you'd missed the game. So I, I had missed the game. I, you know, I checked the, the Twitter, and people were excited about the fact that Iowa had beaten Maryland. Michigan. Michigan. Uh, Maryland was last Friday. The last Friday. F- previous Friday. Michigan last week in another exciting basketball game. Good Lord, if Iowa and Maryland, or Michigan, good Lord, if they played every week, it'd be uh, NBA basketball going on. I mean, the total points scored in those two games is uh, 280. So that was my assessment. Now, granted, <clears throat> I began, I was at a uh, party where I had a few pops. But as it I was, was watching Friday night, right? As I was watching, it seemed to me like this was a really, really good basketball game. And I'll tell you, so I'll tell you this. So we left the air our our, uh, our foundry last call last week. I thought Iowa would lose this this basketball game. Right? You did. Um, and I had told you, I gave I I gave you Northwestern going away. You were thinking it was going to be close. So no, no, it's double digits going away. And then they're going to find a way because eventually you do find a way to lose one sooner or later at home, maybe right. What happened here is they got to the seven-minute mark of the second half, and they were down six. Michigan had come back, and this is the point in time when I thought, okay, well, we're finally tired. We're finally fold. Luca Garza and Ryan Creener hit three-pointers in amongst C.J. Frederick and Wieskamp and guys finding each other and, and bounce passes and incredible catches and good defense, and suddenly Iowa comes back. They don't only win the Did game. Did they go it like a 13-2 run or something it, at that point? It, it, I'm not sure. I don't want to give the incorrect total. They were down six, and they end up winning by seven, right? So, And they got it into that range, and Michigan tried. And by the way, Michigan wasn't exactly cold. Now, they weren't hitting their three-pointers very well, but they, had, they were hitting very well from inside the arc. Michigan came out in the second half with a strategy of, uh, after Iowa had come back from a six-point deficit to take an 11-point lead, at which time at that party I was at, I had said, oh, we're just going to widen this out and win it. I was wrong about that. But they came back, uh, and they had come back by their decision at halftime clearly was, we're going to foul the absolute living daylight They're, out of we're Iowa. Gonna we're going to bang Luka Garza. We're going to bang Luka. Maybe he'll be 7 for 14 again. Yes, and we'll put him on the line. He ends up, you pointed this out when we were watching football on Sunday. He goes 11 for 13 from the line. If he goes... That way at Penn State, Iowa we beats Penn State. If he goes now, and if he goes seven for thirteen in this game, a little bit closer, possibly lose. Right. So they they decided to muddy it up. They decided to dirty it up. They were in the double bonus with I think like fourteen minutes to go in the second half. I mean, it was unreal. I looked up and went, "Are they in the double bonus already?" And so well, that's a dangerous you know, way to play, considering outside of Garza, the rest of the team this year has shot free throws very, very well. 
ex- there were a couple games, but a- where they were, but yes, for the as most a of, team, right, right. So like the Penn I mean, State, they're like seventy five percent. Most of them are pretty good. There's a couple of them that, are, but they're pretty good when they concentrate. Did I, you I, see yeah. Missouri was thirty for thirty the other day? From no, the were line? they really? Something like that. I mean, I think the record's like thirty four. Uh, but nevertheless, it was it was a very impressive uh, showing by Mizzou uh, the other day. Well, Did, didn't watch a lick of it; just was noted, noting it on the Twitter. And by I, the way, if you want to reach us on Twitter, I'm at oh, Hawkeye yeah, Huddle, yeah. and you're at Hawkeye Huddle too. And uh, it's probably the best way to interact with us. Uh, currently uh, in the Big Ten basketball, Illinois is up ten five, and Northwestern was ahead like thirteen to two. Of who? I don't even know uh, who they were look, playing. I can see that. So um, the Hawks with this. Uh, so by the way, Luca Garza. Oh, by the way, oh, 33 points. Big Ten Player of the Week. But but Big Ten Freshman of the Week, CJ Frederick, which I'm going to yes. give you extreme credit on. I think it was like December fourth, where it was. Yes, I think uh, I'm going to go with that day. Probably not the right day. You said this kid's an assassin. You said he's, he's stone cold, baby. He's stone they, this cold. This is not going to be the na- this is they've they've come up with another nickname. I can't remember what it was the other night, but that's my. He's stone cold. It was it was the Texas Tech game. He hit a couple of big there you go. It was, it, well, it was after Thanksgiving. That's right. And and then he did it again against Cincinnati. And he did. He, I mean, he hits and shots in big situations. It doesn't matter when it is. I don't know where I read this, but I I think this is absolutely true. Connor and CJ probably between the two of them have maybe played 500 AAU basketball games, and they have run up against all of these guys. Yeah, nothing. The, nothing it doesn't phase them, right? So, it, so there's so no intimidation. They're, factor. they're not. Wor- they're not worried by the the players or the names on the jerseys in any fashion uh, against the guys that they're going against because they've already played against them maybe many times. In in. Iowa actually is, has had strong AAU basketball programs. I mean, going back to the days of Troy Skinner and those guys where they won some national tournament with, I believe, our boy Mac McCoslin as the back, coach. Yes, yeah, back back in the day, I right? mean, in the, yep. in the old days. So they get out there, they participate, and they play against this top-level competition throughout their high school career. So by the time they get to, get to college... They're not phased by these four- and five-star guys that they're going up against. And there's something to be said for that. And uh, C.J. Frederick walks around with a chip on his shoulder. Dude dude was Kentucky Kentucky Player of the Year his senior year, right? And people are like, well... Is that being the tallest midget or no? No, it's not really. It's I, really not. Now, granted, he didn't have a super long list of offers. But there was something to do about speed or something. I don't know. All I know is when I watched the highlights of him, I was like, "This kid's going to be a player, right?" And and he he showed it early this year. Well, and I think and, he's grown a little. I think he's a little bigger than he maybe was. He is, in high school. But somebody made a point the other day on uh, on the Hawkeye Report that he's really good at hunting shots in space. In other words, he's very good at at being sneaky about finding a way. Instead, like in the offensive flow, maybe he's supposed to cut around the guy. But every once in a while, he'll just sort of fake and, and pop back. And he did it against Michigan the other night. He kind of faked like he was going going to go around the screen and go down to the corner and cut across the lane. He'd probably done it 30 times in the game. So he head faked and went there, and boom, Garza saw him pop back out, hit him. And this is at the end of the game. Hit him, strokes three. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a big difference to be able to find your shot. And it's why I remember Jordan Bohannon in high school, right? And it's not a big-time recruit. 
Right. But the one thing you saw in him was a guy that, one, he has a quick shot. He gets it off very quickly. And, two, he finds it. It didn't matter that he was playing against bigger guys. And so there's something to be said for the fact that you've got a guy who has that pedigree. You're right. They're, they're not afraid of guys. And that's played against Iowa in the past in te- against teams like you and I, who's very good, by the way. Really um, good. And, 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 and Drake and, and some of the schools around here where those guys play Iowa players all the time, right? They're not phased by them, right? right? They right. might get beat by them, but they're never in awe of Iowa players anymore, right? No, not at all. And, and now Iowa has some guys who just aren't in awe of anybody. And I love it because you got a kid like, and I, I'm a, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I've got an over-appreciation thread I want to start about Ryan Creener. But, um, but you've got a guy like C.J. Frederick who was unheralded for very few good reasons, I think. And it's a, it was a great, find, a great find, uh, find by Fran and their staff to get him into this. Hey, and this is something I want to bring up, and I, and I mentioned it to one of our friends who, who comes down to GMIX all the time. Fran McCaffrey's doing an incredibly great job of coaching this team. He really is. Uh, whether it's the lack of being able to have to substitute people, it's finding the right guys, but he's got them playing hard with determination, and this team has gelled around the fact that they've lost all these people. He's found a middle ground on his on his friend's red face, too. I mean, he's getting angry at him from time, but he's not. When they come off the floor and they're down, they're down seven or eight. They, they looked really bad at the beginning of the Michigan game, right? Michigan came out. Iowa made some turnovers. Blah. He did. I, I didn't see Fran's red face come out right away, right? It, there is a little something different. Now, I will agree. He's got fewer options, so it makes it a little bit easier. Because if Macy Daly doesn't transfer, don't you think he's like playing a bunch of minutes? And probably, probably has no business playing over any of the guys that they're playing right I'd be, now. I'd be interested to know how many minutes he's playing at Akron. Right. But, well, my point is I think Fran probably does play. Hey, listen, Gary Dolphin got in trouble for some stuff last year. The one thing he got for saying off the air was that we've, they've got guys like that and we got Macy. Look, Macy Daly seemed like a nice kid. But I'm sure he is. I'm sure he was. But I, there's not a single player that plays for Iowa right now that I'd rather have him playing for. Oh, for absolutely over, right? not. There's just not one. The, o- so, the only guy, know, the only guy that I'm minutes. missing is on TV right now, Isaiah Moss. And here's the question, though. Would we be seeing what C.J. Frederick can do if Isaiah Moss is on the floor? And is he a black hole much like Tyler Cook was? Um, something that is, I've thought, I've actually thought, so it's totally occurred to me, and I think you're right if your assumption is that that would be negatively affecting the blossoming of the Iowa basketball team. I, th- I, I really do. Scorer for sure. All right, we'll, we'll talk about a lot more of that. And my customer service story when we come back. And Tom Caker coming back on the Hawkeye Huddle, 1700, the champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at G Miggs on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. As the announcer man said. Come on down, steak night, as it is every Tuesday night. Uh, no Hawkeye basketball tonight, but plenty of other uh, games on the big screens right now. Looks like uh, Kansas, Kansas State on. We're going to have Iowa State down here a little bit later on. And uh, you can join us down here at GMIGS every Tuesday night. Hawks, of course, against Rutgers tomorrow night. Um, is that at 8 p.m.? That's at 8 p.m. 8 o'clock. I was yeah. considering going. Were you really? I was going to uh, take the lovely and talented over to the game. She goes, I'd like to go to a game. I'm like, all right. Well, so I'm looking at the schedule going. 
There's well, tickets. Is, there's tickets. Yeah, there's uh, uh, inexpensive tickets to be had. Yeah. On the StubHub. Well, and oh, on the StubHub, they've got like, it's just not these eight p.m. games in the middle of the week just don't, and particularly Rutgers. I don't care how good they are, they just don't attract. And Rutgers is number tw- number twenty four, but. We, we got Tom on the Tom line. Caker of HawkeyeReport.com will be there tomorrow night, as he uh, is for most. Well, I, I can't declare that for sure, but I'm, I'm guessing he'll be there tomorrow night. Uh, am I correct about that, Tom? You'll be watching the Hawks tomorrow night uh, in Carver Hawkeye. I will be there. That's the plan. And this is this is as good of a Rutgers team. I mean, granted, last year they started to make some strides. They're 14-4, and four, and I think it's easy to miss this because it's just not sexy basketball probably, but uh, but uh, this is a tough team coming in, and, and every game now for Iowa uh, the rest of the way actually has – there's just not a really easy one other than Nebraska down the road. But this one, suddenly Rutgers, which is a game you put in the win column usually, this one's pretty tough. Yeah, the, I think the days of beating up on Rutgers are probably over as long as uh, Steve Peichel's there, uh, the, the head coach, who has really done, a, I think, a really, really good job uh, putting together uh, a, a really competitive roster. You guys realize this? I, I saw this yesterday. I got a release from Rutgers basketball. Yesterday was the first time in 41 years that Rutgers has appeared in the AP poll. 41 years. That Incredible. seems like a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last time well, they did. Well, considering basketball, that, that's an extraordinarily long time. That was the year. I watched this 30 for 30. Thing. Was that, what, 1978? Was so, well, or 79? Yeah, 79. yeah I guess. I, I didn't know they were that good. Now, the, Iowa did play them in the NCAA tournament in the uh, in the 90s and beat them in the first round, Ray Marble and company. In their last year, beat Rutgers in the first round. So they had a decent team that year, but they weren't ranked. They were a lower seed by a good stretch. Is that the year we lost to Vegas? No, it was the year we ended up losing to, to Corciani and NC State in the uh. second round in like double overtime or something like that. It was ridiculous. Rodney but Monroe in that game was the guy that beat Iowa. There you uh, go. It was, it was, yes. But we had handled Rutgers pretty easily. But However, I, I, we digress. Uh, well, I, I would digress to, to say there's a really good – If you, I, I don't know whether you can pull up those 30 for 30s on ESPN. or I don't remember, Maybe it wasn't even that. There was one on a couple of weeks ago, and Rutgers in the 1970s had a year where they went un, – the, the year that Indiana went unbeaten, so did, it, so did Rutgers until they got to the Final Four. I mean, didn't lose. And they had a gym where they only had bleachers on one side. They had a wall on the other side because there was a, they, they had the stage like at your old high school – Right on the other side. I mean, that's what Rutgers basketball was, and uh, the coach that had tried Jim to Valvano? take over. No, Dick Vitale was going to take over as coach, and they didn't want him because he was too much personality. So he quit and went to Detroit, and they hired some other guy who I've never heard of and took him. Anyway, I digress. So Tom, um, one of the things that uh, that we haven't gotten to so far in this game or this uh, uh, talk uh, today about about Iowa basketball is Connor McCaffrey. As an unsung hero of this team, and I, and I, we were piling on just like everybody else. One of the, he got a bunch of rebounds there tonight. Didn't score, plays played good defense, but he had like fourteen rebounds and a couple of steals. I mean, as you're watching this team develop, I, I think that, and we were talking a little bit about what what Isaiah Moss and Macy Daly might have been on this team had they not transferred. But Connor McCaffrey has filled in a role 
because he, he's been able to blossom, and so has C.J. Frederick. These two guys have been able to blossom into their roles because other guys aren't around. They, they got the playing time, and Connor has really stepped up uh, this year to the point where he's, he's, just, he's such an integral part of the team, even if he's not making points. Yeah, his performance the other night was kind of just typical of what he's done. He's just um, he he seems to steady the team, and they don't make as many kind of dumb mistakes. The ball doesn't get stuck as much. Um, he keeps it moving, and um, and I just think he makes he makes the right play, not the spectacular play all the time, but the right play. Um, he has just done uh, really really well. Um, I think this year, the other night was just, it was funny. I mean, I even tweeted out he had one point, he had, he had no points, but he had 10 rebounds. And I joked with him after the game, whether he was Dennis Rodman or Ben right. Wallace or somebody like that, uh, you know, cause he's essentially in that starting group. He's kind of playing the four right now. Um, just, you know, guarding bigger players and, um, and all this kind of started, uh, back the, the Syracuse game when they kind of, um, you know, figured out, to, to, especially against zones, that you just put him at the high post and get him the ball, and he's making good decisions with the ball, and that's why they carved Syracuse up so well is is large part because Connor was making those plays. Well, and, and by putting him at the high post, the ball does move, and he's not dribbling the air out of it, which he has improved even when he does get the ball out yeah. out, out high. Last year, that was a, a real problem, I thought, that he had in terms of wanting to make sure everything was perfect before he distributed the basketball. And, and moving him away and allowing Joe Toussaint to run that point and, 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 and have Connor be the distributor in those sorts of times has been great. Plus, he even mentioned it you know, after the game, guards have to rebound. We can't just expect all the bigs to get it and let's get out and go. He's the fourth rebounder without question, uh, especially on the defensive end, uh, getting those loose balls on particularly, you know, long miss threes. Yeah, let let me tell you, though, um, their rebounding is going to be really important tomorrow night. Uh, Rutgers really gets on the glass quite a bit. Uh, They're averaging... Uh, nine rebounds more per game than their opponents this year. Uh, to put that in comparison, that's double what Iowa is in terms of rebound advantage this year. And Iowa's a pretty decent rebounding club. So uh, it's going to be important for him and Joe Wieskamp and, and uh, C.J. Frederick to get on the glass as much as possible. Um, but what Rutgers does is they really kind of limit you to one shot. And uh, so shot selection is going to be really important. And, uh any offensive rebounds you get uh, for Iowa tomorrow are going to be like gold, I think. The in- interesting uh, di- dichotomy in, in, in uh, styles over the last couple of games when you, we go from Northwestern to Michigan to, to Rutgers and, and what their various strengths are. It'll be interesting to see how Iowa does. Um, Tom, let's uh, switch gears real quick to football. Uh, Kirk Ferentz had a conference yesterday is now annual january it, right press conference. january jam where he gets out and and, and it, it has been noted that five years ago after a sort of mediocre at best seven and six season where they looked really bad in the in the bowl game against tennessee 
he came into that with what I remember, and I remember you saying this. It was an unprecedented thing. He, he came out and said, C.J. Beathard is my starting quarterback next year. We're going to reevaluate some stuff. we got some work to do. We'll be okay. On uh, Monday, yesterday, he met the media again and came back with, here's been our five-year record. He didn't really note it note that press conference, but he said, here's been our five-year record, 47 wins since then. Iowa handed out a little thing comparing them to the rest of the Big Ten and the Big 12 because it's kind of a comparable conference. And Certainly by region. And Kirk, to some extent, for the first time I can remember, sort of boasted, did, boasted, did a little PR of his own. What, was your, what were your thoughts and, and reactions to that? Because that's not really Kirk, but is that becoming Kirk a little bit more where his his personality maybe is coming back to maybe saying to a few people, just give me some time. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Um, it, it's been interesting. I'll, I'll go back to like five years ago when they first did that press conference. I remember that day because people were actually thinking that he was going to resign that day or he was going to just, you know, stop coaching or announce he was retiring or something and people were in kind of a frenzy because he'd never done that before and then he just kind of walks up there and i think it was my class asked him basically why did you call this press conference and he he essentially said felt like we had we needed to talk because that had that press conference after the uh tax slayer bowl was as chippy snarky as I've ever seen Kirk Ferentz, and it was very un-Kirk Ferentz. And he went back to that and said, I just, I look back at that press conference now, and I just, he almost feels ashamed about the way he behaved yeah. and handled it. And that's when they brought the PR firm in from Des Moines, uh, the Wickstead people that are have helped them with uh, public relations uh, since then. But, yeah, th- this was, it's just like he kind of puffed his chest out a little bit and said, hey, done some pretty good things the last five years and that and, and he should but it's very unkirk like to do that um but i think when you've accomplished something you should be proud of it and you just want to make sure that people realize that there was a lot to be proud of the last five years well 47 wins in 47 wins in five years that's nine and a half or more right it's really it's not, good it's pretty yeah. darn good right it's impressive Two ten-plus win seasons, uh, you know, a trip to the Rose Bowl. You got um, what uh, three three bowl wins in there. Um, you know, you've got some uh, some good things to hang your hat on, and now you're probably going to have four first-round draft picks in, in a two-year span if uh, AJ and Tristan go in the first round this year. Well, and it certainly looks like it. I think I've looked at three mock drafts in the last two days, and. Tristan Wirfs is absolutely a uh, top 10 pick, and and it looks like A.J.'s in that 10 to 15, maybe 10 to 16 range. Um, somebody's going to be really happy when they draft him. I don't think there's any question about it. And, I mean, well, mark, mark my wor- Mark my words on this, guys. Mark my words on this. Uh, Tristan is going to go to the Combine, and everyone in the NFL is going to be talking about him and what he can do athletically, just his gifts for someone that size. Yeah. You mean the jumping and the speed? Well, remember, as well as, as remember well the, the weightlifting thing last year where he broke? I mean, uh, you're, 
You're probably right. The rest of the country is going to find out what a monster he is on every level. There's no question. Well, you know, I liked uh, some of the other things Kirk was talking about, Tom. Um, he's basically come back and said Spencer Petrus is our number one uh, is our number one uh, quarterback, and he's going to be the starter until he loses that job, um, which is interesting again to come back and just end that speculation and you know and, and give that sort of kudos. Said that's me, David. Sorry, man. Just trying to make sure everyone can hear you. Um, but basically, Are you killing you're killing my, You're killing me. Basically, came out and said, "Look, uh, he looked like a, a a Big Ten quarterback during bowl practice. This is about as much as I've ever heard Kirk talk about. Uh, and this, I mean, it's a, just a little change. I don't know. We all get older and different. And we change a little bit. This is much as I've ever heard him talk about a guy who hasn't hardly played a meaningful snap. It's certainly a quarterback. Yeah, that was interesting too because he is not." He's usually one to say, well, you know, he's looked good, but it's been, but it's practice, and we got to see whether he looks like when the bullets are flying a little bit. And I'm just, uh, I was a little surprised uh, that he went as far as he did, but he almost has to because it's highly unlikely that Alex Padilla is going to unseat him just in, in that situation. So maybe it's more um, to put the confidence in Spencer, and he's going to read those comments, and uh, maybe they're just trying to build him up a little bit um, mentally, getting ready for uh, a spring ball. So, a couple of questions about, real quick, uh, your thoughts on the uh, on the transfer portal. Kirk sort of addressed, he's not sure where it's going, but obviously he knows something. Um, we've, we've seen, we've got a, a transfer uh, punter coming in from uh, North Dakota State, who really hasn't had meaningful snaps there. Nick Phelps, he's an Iowan. But other than that, uh, saw some rumors today about the uh, Koi Kongal, I guess. Uh, Indi- started 40 games for Indiana so far at tackle. Any Anything under the radar other than what you've seen on the Internet, Tom, about, about that kid as a possibility? Because Iowa does have to replace, oh, I don't know. Tristan Worf. The, the number one tackle in the uh, Number two. In, in, well, we'll see. Kid from we'll, Alabama. Yeah. But uh, is that even a possibility? We're, we're looking for rumors out of you, my friend. Yeah, I, I'm just hearing the same rumors, nothing firm, but uh, a lot of people in the state of Indiana, you know, once that kind of popped up, I asked a few people, and they're like, yeah, it seems like he's leaning towards Iowa. And if that's the case, then that's a really good pickup, a kid who started 40 games uh, at a Big Ten institution um, and is, uh, you know, certainly a, a guy that could plug in at, at the right tackle position would, would really – benefit uh iowa now that doesn't mean Uh uh-oh tom we lost you Uh uh-oh well that was tom caker from hawkeye report (laughs) and it doesn't mean that uh he's necessarily going to stop step right in right away but he did start 40 games for indiana he's a graduate transfer he can play right away broke his ankle in the fourth game this year and he is uh, possibly uh, a transfer at Iowa. That would be really good because you got everybody else coming back. You got four of them coming back from a line that looked really good in the bowl game. Well, especially, all healthy, especially healthy. since Caliburger moved to, to guard, and Kirk was effusive about how well he played it, there. Yes. And, and, and Larry Jackson is still an All American uh, possibility. You, if you can replace a right tackle with a gifted, experienced right tackle, or even just an experienced right tackle, right? Well, I don't presumably gifted, he's good. Right. Uh, he's got to be not bad. He started 40 games for Indiana. He can't be bad. Good? 
Iowa good. It, it yeah, actually well, says we'll something. We'll find right? out. We'll find but out. But it, it'd be really cool. Hey, thanks, Tom Caker. We'll get you next week from HawkeyeReport.com. We'll be back uh, and wrap things up here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Hey, we're back here at T-Mix. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. Another 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so of Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. If you missed any portion of the program, we'll have our podcast up tomorrow at thehawkeyehuddle.com. That's thehawkeyehuddle.com. I think 1700 might uh, post it as well on theirs. I don't know that for sure. We should ask Jacob. Jacob, is that right? He'll text let me know. You. He'll text, text you and let you know. I think I think so. So we got to thank but our other great sponsors here. stream it. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So our other great sponsors on the program. Foundry Distillery, which we'll get to our Foundry Distillery last call very shortly. And, of course, Kozlowski Law. Yeah, we, Any, we watch football. you need for family law, yeah. give, give Big Cause uh, a call. He, he will take care of you. He'll make sure you're in the unlikely event of divorce. He'll be happy to help you out in a... Uh, Economical and reasonable way, and we will. We are looking for other advertisers. By the way, one 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 establishment that's not going to give us money because I won't accept it now is Heartland Tire and Auto Center in Waukee. And I feel in. in I feel in. Dude, I, make this quick. Okay, took the car in for an oil change. Quicker and a and a, a tire rotation. They broke the lug nut on the tire. They broke it off. And then proceeded to charge my wife labor to put a new lug nut on. You charge your wife labor every time. I know, but that's my business. <laughs> they fair, seriously fair looked enough. at her and said, it's $50. It'll take a half hour to put a lug nut back on the car it that we be, broke. It should be noted you only charge her 10 bucks. It should be noted that then when I called and said to the dude, hey, you broke my car and then charged me to fix it, the guy said, well, the book says I should have charged you 50 I only charged you 30 I talked to him for 20 minutes. I am not taking kidding you. I took my wife took our car to Heartland Tire and Auto Center. They broke the car and charged us to fix it. I'm not talking about the part. It just want everybody in the Des Moines area to know Heartland Tire and Waukee. If you take your car there and they break your car, they will charge you to fix it. And that is, I am swearing on a Bible. That's exactly what happened. They broke the car. And they charged us to fix the mistake that they made. All right, so let's so, talk about the Hawkeye anyway, wrestling team who anyway, uh, right, took right, down Nebraska. On. This is truth. Twenty six to six. They That's did eight and two, eight matches to two on. Uh, that's Saturday? Saturday night. Saturday night. And they waited until 8 p.m. to get it in after all the basketball games to be on TV. It was in great. Front, in front of 13,000 people who it was bra- braved the weather. Uh, it was you, fun. You know, the interesting thing, I, I was reading, reading about the wrestling meet afterwards, and Tom Brands is without question the best quote in all of Hawkeye athletics in that he said that Nebraska came in with a strategy to try and keep matches close. That worked. The The great part of that was is that Iowa in four matches scored takedowns late in the third period to win those matches and how about the true freshman Abe Assad got his red shirt off a couple of weeks ago and he's still now to beat the number five ranked wrestler um, and uh, by the way Nebraska is number seven in the country right as far They're as no rankings there's some good good wrestlers out there it was a little as you were watching it 
it wasn't one of these things where Iowa just dominated. It's exactly what you said. A lot of really close matches. Iowa winning at the end. Uh, Marinelli came at the end. Lugo came from behind at the end. I mean, uh, you know, now, Lee, 18 to nothing technical fall in it. In a, I don't even know how you do that. How do you score 18 se- points? 86 seconds. It's unreal. So there, that was, you know. to zero. Yeah. I'm like, how do you not pin the dude? Um, it, exactly. How do you not pin the dude and you get those points? And how but does he not but get, you know? here's what's coming up. If you have a chance. Ohio State. Ohio State. Penn State. All coming. Okie State coming later. All to Carver Hawkeye Arena. The greatest home wrestling schedule in the history of college wrestling. Where now the top eight teams will all have been in Carver Hawkeye this season. Friday night, Ohio State will be in 8 p.m. It's I believe it's on the Big Ten Network, so you can check it out as well. But there we go. If you could get tickets, I would go. It'll be fun. Check Ohio State. Yeah, I uh, bet they're more than yeah, the they're ranked number. They're ranked number four. So this is a big year for Iowa wrestling because they've got they literally just have the lineup that uh, well, you know, it's all, up and down. All, all ten guys are are rated. The lowest rated guy is Assad, and he's and, nine. Yeah, and. So Coming right up. now, right now by ra- rankings, you've got ten All Americans basically. Yes, and uh, where they've really, they've really solidified themselves. Cassiope has been, t- oh my terrific. gosh, he's, he's been, been terrific, right? Because there's no more wondering whether he's going to be in and out. No matter what Iowa did the last couple of years, even if they had good guys wrestling, really good wrestlers, you never knew if somebody was going to get hurt. They're going to bow out. That's at the end of the meet. At knock, the end of the knock, meet, knocking there on he is. wood. That's right, knocking on wood. All right, so Ohio State this week for them, uh, women's basketball, and I know we have to do it because this this team is fifteen and three, six and one by the what number are they rated five. Now? They're number five in the RPI. What are they rated now? Number nineteen, just like the boys, just like the men. Men and women, both nineteen. Uh, they went on the road to to Minnesota. After the big win against Indiana and a couple of big home wins, they went and they struggled a little bit at Minneapolis. Won 76-75. Alexis Civilian, three-pointer with about seven seconds to go. She comes back and, and she gets it. And uh, Monica Genzano, who is the Big Ten's Women Player of the Week, uh, got uh, was 10 for 11. She's now uh, she averaged twenty point five points per game this week. She was ten for eleven against Minnesota. That's her home uh, hometown school. She's from uh, Watabon, Minnesota. I don't know Watertown, Minnesota. Watabon, Watertown, Minnesota. And then they came back on Sunday, struggling a little bit. They were down fifteen to a Wisconsin team that's nine and eight on the year. Kind of average Wisconsin down fifteen in the third quarter. Came back one eighty six seventy eight. They're dauntless, right? They, they just keep coming at you. And they're doing it with a number of different ways right now. So, you know, Chinzano plays in the middle. In the middle, she's the big, the big one. Uh, you're big. She goes ten for eleven. She gets the Big Ten Player of the Week. And yet they've got the outside shooting as well. They got Ohio State Thursday at home and Michigan State Sunday at home. Iowa currently tied for first place in the Big Ten with Northwestern, who they won by sixteen at Northwestern a couple of weeks ago. That's so. I didn't realize Northwestern was having that good of a uh, year in terms of the. Uh they only uh, got one basketball. loss. They only got one loss in the Big Ten, and that's it to Iowa. So, uh, the Hawkeye incredible. women looking to uh, what is it? Nineteen of twenty. It'll be ten of eleven, I believe. All right, ten of eleven in the NCAA Lisa Bluter. It's I unreal. Believe, you know what it I think? Unreal. I think this is actually going to end up being. She's going to end up being a Hall of Fame women's basketball coach. Well, how can? Yeah, how can you not? I mean, you know, unless you're only going to judge them by. Uh, national national championships. championships, and so that you can give it to like four coaches, right? Right, Gino, <laughs> right? So, I mean, 
when you look at it year in and year out. So, yeah, Iowa made the Elite Eight last year and got smoked by Notre Dame. Guess yeah. who's not even in the top 30 right now? Really? Notre Dame. Nowhere to be seen. They had a great team last year. Guess who's there every year? Who's in the top 15, uh, 20 to 15 teams every UConn. year? UConn. <laughs> them, them too. <laughs> give, Iowa, give, give Lisa Blue to credit, the, the consistency. And oh, by the way, Northwestern, if everybody wants to poop who Iowa went in at Northwestern on the men's side last yeah, week. Yeah, they're currently beating uh, Maryland 40 to 26. Okay, they're up by 14 at halftime. At home on uh, number fourteen, uh, number seventeen, Maryland. So let's you know every win in the Big Ten, every win in the Big Ten, right? It's just nuts. That Maryland could come back and win. I realize that they're up fourteen currently right now. So I always got this game against Rutgers. That that Rutgers is a bruising basketball team tomorrow night, right? Yeah, this is gonna, the only game of the week for they're, them. They're right? going to play uh, like you said earlier, a, a different style of basketball uh, against the Hawks in terms of what they're doing. They're going to be physical. They're going to pound the boards. They're going to muddy it up. I believe, though, that Iowa's method of playing basketball, particularly so far at home, eight in a, eight in a row since DePaul? Nine? I'd have to count. I think it's eight, eight, eight wins in a row at home. Carver Hockey is getting filled with people. Now the weather's not... Beautiful. Weather was not good the other night, but it was. But they they had a loud, a loud crowd there. Well, all yeah. the old people had to stay home, so it was only the real, real super fans that came. Were, uh, so somebody made you know. There's a lot of discussion about Carver Hawkeye and what should be done, and it, it would be really nice to have an arena downtown. But we're not going to have that. One of the things. Where would you put it? Uh, where the old Capitol Mall is. Okay, that's the only place it, you could put. It's it. a wasted building, right? They've got some classrooms in there, some businesses, nothing. But it'd be. Why would you put it there? Because you buy all the restaurants, but and the you got bars no parking. The, nobody cares about that in at, at Nebraska. Nobody cares about that in Illinois. Well, there's no parking it's, at all. It downtown. doesn't matter. People just kids. You kids can't put fifteen thousand people there. You could. You'd figure it out. They'd figure it out. You build a parking ramp down by the library. It'd be fine. Point is, uh, Carver Hawkeye Arena is one of the few arenas that's still left. Where when you get closer to the floor, there are fewer seats than there are up at the top of the at, at the top of the arena. There's way more seats than there are closer to the floor. It's one of the reasons. It's, it's time a, for our ah, anyway Foundry Distillery last but call. Brought I, to I you by Foundry Distillery down at the junction. Try the new corn whiskey. Well, and they got Butcher Block Vodka coming out to Fairway really soon as well. So also, uh, Scott Bush telling us, uh, and they have the what was they they called it the trilogy of their uh, corn, right. other whiskeys coming out here soon too. So our founder last called tomorrow night against Rutgers, Iowa, eight p.m. I believe it's on. Jeez, I didn't write down the network. Is it FS1? All right, doesn't matter. It's FS1 or BTN, one of the two. Um, the Hawks against Rutgers. This, You'll find it. God, this is this is one of those things where you you assume sooner or later you're going to play bad. But I think if if I was in a in a street fight, a rock fight at home, that's fine for them. I think it's great. Luca and Creener, and the, I I think that's fine with them, unless they get into foul. If Iowa gets into foul trouble, it's tough. If they don't get into foul trouble because of the way it's the way it's being played, I, it's eleven twelve point win. Yeah, I got the Hawks by nine. All right. I mean, that's in in my mind. It's I don't know if it's it's probably seventy. Five sixty-six, something like that, in that neck of the woods, and and I, I think I think you're going to get some home cooking from the refs. It happens all across the country, so don't 
don't don't at me. Probably in, got in a that few regard. calls against Friday, um, Friday night against Michigan. Probably did. Well, by the way, Wisconsin's 30, on Monday at 35? home. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. No, that's true. Wisconsin is at home on Monday night. I forgot I forgot about that as well. Wisconsin uh, really playing much better lately. I think the Hawks go two and zero though. Be awful fun, wouldn't it? Oh my goodness! This, this team is a few free throws, maybe an injury to C.J. Frederick away from from the top of the Big Ten. But at the very least, they're playing their way. We'll see. We could be sitting here next week commiserating. Right? Well, the le- but one bracketologist so- had them as a five. As a five, they're playing them. W- they're playing their way all, way off the bubble right now. Way off the bubble. It's beautiful. All right. Well, we'll know next week when we talk to you for right here in G Biggs on the Hawkeye Huddle and seventeen hundred the champ.